0: The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and PowerPlus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
1: Welcome to The Interest, I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, you'll hear from two of the honorees from our 2022 40 under 40 list. First up is Danielle Susini. She's vice president of TPO for OnQ Financial. Congratulations, and how does it feel to be named to, to uh, the 40 under 40 list?
2: Uh, thank you. Um, I'm actually really excited. I think after 20 plus years you've spent in the industry, um, it's really exciting to be recognized, especially with all the hard work I've done within the industry.
1: And, and talk to me a little bit about what got you into the industry, especially as you, you've been in this for 20 years already. So what got you into the industry at such a young age? It's usually viewed as an old person's business. <laughs>
2: Yes. Um, I actually started as a receptionist. My friend's mom was working at a mortgage company um, and I was still in high school and I just wanted a part-time job. So they said, Hey, we need a receptionist. And then I continued working through the summer and ended up staying for a while um, and even worked in the industry while I went to college. Um, So I've it's like the mafia at this point in time. I'm here for all life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's, you know, it it is a sign, you know, particularly with, with the mortgage industry that, you know, not, not to say that any, you know, not to downplay it, but really you can find people from anywhere, right. You, You know, one of the conversations we're having with some of these awards is trying to recruit younger people, recruit women, recruit minorities into the business. You started as a receptionist while you were going to college you know, and and now you're, you're here running a a whole division. I mean, you can find, you can find, you basically, you should always have your eyes open for talent because you can find it anywhere.
2: Always. Um, And that's actually what I've done with newer people into the industry. So I'm involved with different associations like FAMP because I live in Florida. And um, I think it's finding talent and not having that background in mortgage to really help you succeed and mentor them. So I have a couple of people where I hired them from out of college, which was six or seven years ago, and they've actually followed me to where I'm at now, just because I wanna mentor them. And there's some that started as processing assistants and now they're lead underwriters. So I feel like you really have a great opportunity to bring on these younger folks and they're all really willing to learn. And coming from my background, I really like to facilitate that if I see it in someone and if they're wanting to learn.
1: Of course, it's important for any industry to bring in new people, even just from the standpoint of people eventually age out and and you need a a stream to, to keep the workforce going. But are there changes in the mortgage industry, whether it's on the tech side and how the job is done or working with customers? Are there changes? that also you're finding, hey, we need to get younger just to sort of keep up with how the industry is evolving?
2: Definitely with technology. Um, Because coming in when I first started, everything was paper packages. We waited by the fax machine. And every year, there's new type of automation that's coming out. And some people that are a little bit older with the generation don't really feel like they need to learn it. And that's where I'm trying to find new folks to come into the industry that are a little bit more technology focused to assist with those different tasks and help everybody grow as the technology continues to grow. Um, it's nonstop every day. There's always something new I see out there.
1: And, and, um, I'm I'm sure that's important, obviously for implementation of everybody, right? If if you have a whole old guard, that's like, we're not going to do this, then you're not going to see technology be accepted. But I'm sure if you have younger people who are helping them to understand it, it helps everybody move with the, with the times.
2: Yes, yes. Because just because somebody doesn't want to work with technology, that's something where I feel like we could work with the older generations and still be able to use their expertise because they come with a wealth of knowledge and their background is really important. And I feel like the younger generation and the older generation working together really facilitates success. And what's
1: your pitch to get young people into this industry? I mean, obviously, it's a job and it's an opportunity to make money, especially when the housing market is good. But, you know, I'm guessing most people, especially if you if you didn't, for example, grow up knowing mortgage loan officers, it's it's not a job that that gets a lot of attention with kids the way doctors and teachers and nurses and, and you know, musicians do.
2: That's true. But I feel like if I use my story and I relay that to them, then it kind of shows me one as a humanized person when I'm trying to really show them there's a story behind this. And I think that really intrigues people to know, hey, you could start from nothing and actually get to wherever you want to be. Maybe they want to be a processor. Maybe they want to be in management. Maybe they want to head up the whole division. And I think just because however old they are doesn't mean that they can't get there and they can't get there fast. I think you just need to have a great support system and be able to have somebody to facilitate that mentorship with them.
1: tell me a little bit about your story. I know you said you were a receptionist working, uh, trying to get money while you're in college as as college kids do. What were you actually going to college for? What did you want to be before you found out that you could actually have a career in, in this industry?
2: So I was more so focused on law and international law. Um, I actually lived abroad in Peru for a couple of months while I was in college. So I was thinking somewhere along like FBI Peace Corps, (laughs) anything like that, which is completely different than what I was doing in finance. But as I continued in college, I kind of took a turn more so towards business and finance because I felt like. This was really the position that I wanted to be in.
1: And is that something that helps when you're talking with younger people? Whether it's I got a degree in philosophy and I don't know what to do with it, or I got a, I got a I got a degree. I'm studying for something that there is a career, but I'm just I'm realizing that's not for me. Or is that one of the things you can pitch? Is listen, you can always pivot to this. This isn't something where like I decided I want to be a doctor and now I gotta go back to school for seven years. You know, obviously there's qualifications and you have to have skills. But do, in your experience, do you feel like it's an easier pivot than something that's going to require starting over on a, on a four-year degree?
2: Definitely, um, because... From my experience, learning mortgage and facing the different things that you find every day, it's always changing and you can't teach that in a book. It comes from self-experience, learning, oh, you shouldn't do this and then never doing it again. And I could say that probably about a lot of situations when you're going to school, but I really feel the hands-on learning is what helps the person facilitate and be able to grow within their position.
1: And then talk to me about the process of, of, you know, getting mortgages done, helping people uh, achieve their dream of of owning a home. What is that like when you, when you start to help be a part of that?
2: I love it. I think that's the part that really is my passion when it comes to the industry, just because it's not a transaction. There's a person behind each one of these loans that we're doing. And I think so many people don't really consider it if you're on the lending end because you're not interacting with those borrowers. And I remember when I purchased my first home, I, I was ecstatic. It was probably the greatest day of my life. And every time we're able to facilitate a closing, I just try and remember how I felt and how the people on the other side of the transaction felt. Because these are people and they are wanting their forever home.
1: And I would imagine that's the kind of thing that helps win people over when you tell them, hey, you're going to work with numbers and do a lot of paperwork and all of this stuff that people probably imagine when you suggest a career in mortgage that like there's also this human side to it.
2: Yes. And... It- I think that's it's important, especially when people are getting into the industry and they're not borrower-facing, to always relay that message to them because it's something important versus think, looking at each one as a transaction. Yes, it is, but there's also people on the other side of the transaction. There's They have money invested into the transaction. And I think knowing that and coming from that perspective really humanizes everyone that's part of it.
1: Danielle, anything else you wanted to add?
2: Nope. I think I'm all good.
1: All right. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you.
0: Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour.
1: www.nemortgageexpo.com. Next up. Is Caleb Heaster. He's a branch manager for direct mortgage loans. Caleb, thanks for joining me.
3: Thanks. Appreciate you having me on.
1: So first off, just you know, your thoughts to being included on this year's 40 under 40 list.
3: Yeah, you know, it's cool. It's it's an honor. Um, definitely not something that I expected and someone nominated me. So it's um it's cool to see just just to have the opportunity, quite frankly.
1: And you're 28?
3: Yep, twenty-eight.
1: How long have you been in the industry?
3: So I got in March of 2017 is when I got licensed. So, um, coming up like five and a half years, almost six.
1: So, what got, especially at such a young age, I mean, what got you into doing mortgage?
3: Honestly, I kind of fell into it. I lived up in Pennsylvania. Um, I worked in sales up north in a completely different industry. And um, I had some family that moved down to Florida. And uh I wanted to come to Florida, but I wanted to find something that was a maybe a bigger opportunity for me and came across an ad in the description i'll be honest i don't think I don't think the job was really quite what I was picturing in my head, but it sounded like something that would probably fit my personality type and um yeah well
1: what, what were you picturing in your head a lot of paperwork and pushing piles around?
3: Yeah, well, I definitely thought there was that, but I also thought that like getting the business was as simple as just walking into a real estate office and going, Hey, I do mortgages and people are just going to start using you. Uh, that's not really how it works, but um, I actually, I think I like it a lot more than I even thought I would. Um, obviously I thought I'd like it, but um, there's, there's a lot of things I didn't even realize going into it.
1: What's the thing that surprised you the
3: most? Um, I think just how big the opportunity is. Um, like I, I definitely thought that I could better myself going into it, but I didn't realize just how much you can do in this industry. And, um, it's not easy, but it's also not rocket science, you know, like your day to day, it's more about discipline than anything. It's not, um, it's not complicated. It's just about discipline and there's just so much opportunity.
1: And especially at 23, what did your you know, friends and maybe family think when you say, you know what, I'm going to get into mortgage when a lot of them are probably starting, you know, whatever career paths they're uh, going on and and probably something very different from what you're doing.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think they had any idea what that really means. You know, a lot of them, I think a lot of them thought I was going to be a realtor, honestly, like nobody really knows what a mortgage lender is until you go to buy a home. So um, they were excited for me, but they also had no real idea what
1: what all that entailed right right because not not many people especially if you're not if you don't you know know somebody in the in the industry you're not exposed to it uh, coming out of high school it's not something a lot of young adults really dream of of going into so how do we get more uh you know millennials and gen zers into this industry what are some of the things that as somebody who's still in their 20s how do you how do you think we can sell this industry to other people in your age group
3: I think honestly just awareness like looking back being you know in high school or early college years and stuff like that uh, which I didn't I didn't go to college by the way but just being in that time frame you know everybody knows how to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is that you want to do right but I don't know of a single person that ever talked to me about hey you want to get in sales or you want to get in business have you ever thought about mortgages um, so I think there's a lack of awareness and there's also just a lack of awareness as far as what that opportunity looks like. You know, a lot of younger people they want to have the ability to travel, have time freedom, be able to build their own business, and this is the perfect industry to do that in. And it's the only industry I can think of where you don't have to go to school for four years; you go to school for four weeks, and you can, you know, you have the income potential to make just as much or more as any doctor or lawyer or um, you know anybody that went to school for for four years yeah even if you want to get into
1: a trade, you might have to do an apprenticeship or if you want to be a mechanic, you start out just changing oil i mean, you know obviously you have to build a build a network of of referrals, but you know it sounds like you feel like you have the chance to really have some success early on uh in the mortgage industry
3: yeah yeah for sure i mean um it takes a lot of work, but you know if you look at the first i'd say two years especially as you're you know paying your dues and uh you know, your learning years, um, you can, you can build whatever business you want out of it.
1: Talk to me about the first time you, you, you know, helped close a loan and and help somebody, you know, get their, get their home. You know, how did that feel? And, and is, do you still get that feeling today?
3: Yeah. You know, that my first loan experience was a little bit overwhelming. Um, it's a lot of pressure of like trying to get somebody into a home. You don't want to mess it up. It's a big deal. Um, but hearing them be excited at the end and knowing that um, you're able to make a difference in that journey is really neat. Um, and then, you know, I think with time, as you, as you talk to more people and you help somebody who maybe got rejected at another place and now you're helping them get close on their home, that's a really cool feeling knowing that, you know, they're basically a client for life, you know? They're they're going to refer their friends and family to you and and everything.
1: And is that and something is that you something feel like can help work? sell get people into the industry, you know, hey, I want to be a doctor because I want to save someone's life. I want to be a teacher because I can educate the next generation. Is that something, you know, hey, you can help somebody achieve their dream and own their own home?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, when we get I've literally had people call me and they're like in tears, choked up because they're purchasing a home and um you really do feel like you make it, make a difference. You know, a couple of years ago I helped a lady who was literally in a shelter with her kids, um, for months leading up to her purchasing a home. She had a really, she had a really rough year to say the least. And when she purchased that home, I mean, it was a small, it wasn't, you know, this huge place, but you would have thought that you just gave her the world. And, and that was a really cool feeling. Um, taking someone who was, you know, literally in a shelter weeks before, and, and now she's a homeowner.
1: And you, you, you touch on you've been in the industry now for for five and a half years and obviously it's it's been quite the five and a half years including a yeah. pandemic but there's been a lot of new technology uh we're finally seeing gen zers and millennials play more of a role in, in the housing market how much have things changed and and are those reasons why you know not that not that veterans can't adapt but are those reasons why maybe we need to make sure we're getting young blood into the industry people who can talk to this generation who will understand uh shopping the way this generation does.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, when I got in, you know, the person who taught me was still of the mindset of like, hey, every person has to come in front of you, sit down, take an application basically by hand and and that kind of thing and for the most part, you know, the the 20 and 30 year olds, they don't they don't want to do that, you know? They want it to be as easy as possible. Um they want to be educated, right? Like they, they want to feel comfortable throughout the process, but they really want accessibility. They want ease. They want technology, people who are texting, um, video content, that kind of thing. You know, the, the stuff that they're consuming when they purchase.
1: And we're also seeing, I don't know if you can speak to this. We're seeing studies at least indicate that, that millennials and Gen Zers because of the 08 crash and because of things like student debt, some of the hurdles that they face that prior generations have faced they sort of view the home buying experience differently. They have a different approach. Are you seeing that with your own customers? Is, and is that something maybe people who've been in the industry who talk about the way, you know, our parents and grandparents bought homes, they need to understand that younger buyers uh, are taking a different approach to the process.
3: Yeah. You know, um, I definitely hear a lot of people say, Hey, I don't want to be house poor. I want to make sure I can afford it. Like they are definitely, you know, budget conscious. They, they, they have um they have some knowledge on how to shop. And uh like I said, they they really do want to be educated on it. They don't want to go in blind to the whole thing.
1: And what do you see yourself doing in another five and a half years when, when you're still under 40, but uh, you know, now a, a decade in, do you still see yourself uh, doing this? Is this something you you, you love doing?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I I hope so. I really do. I really do enjoy it. Um, you know, my roles uh A little bit of a blend now, so I still have my own production, but I also have a a team of loan officers under me, and so I really enjoy um, helping people. Who kind of like what you're talking about? You know, a couple of my guys are younger; they're in their 20s or early 30s, and taking them from where they were, whatever job it was, and showing them, "Hey, here's how you can make two or three or five times as much money." Like, I I get a lot of um, you know satisfaction out of being able to help other people. Accomplish things that I didn't even realize were possible for myself. So, you know, five, six years down the line, you know, I'd love to be able to continue to grow that. I'll always want to produce, I'll always have my customer base. um, But I really want to help other people in the industry be able to grow their business and um, develop systems and things like that Um, because that's what other people did for me. So.
1: And if I'm looking to get younger, you know, mid to late 20s professionals, where where are you finding some of your employees? Where's the best place to go? Obviously, you have sales skills. So that'll that'll translate. Is that what you're looking for? Or are there places where you're just saying, hey, there's a smart people that I can train and, and here's where others in the industry can also find young professionals to sort of maybe bring some new ideas?
3: You know, it's a mixture of things. So I, I've I found some guys who were maybe at other mortgage companies, but they didn't have the right training and support, or maybe they were limited in their role to some kind of assistant. Um, uh, my dad's actually one of the LOs in my branch, and and he's someone who worked in corporate America for 20-30 years in management and saw the opportunity I had, and so brought him over. Um, and then you know, there, sometimes it's just a matter of you come across someone who's 18 20 23 years old and they just have this it thing you can see that they're going to be great with people in sales they just need someone to pour into them and you know to show them what that opportunity looks like
1: well there's certainly a lot of people in in this industry who get in because their dad was in it but i think you deserve to be on the 40 under 40 just for being so successful that your dad came to work for you oh.
3: <laughs> yeah thanks it's it's funny because we'll, we'll, we do a lot of like events and stuff in our branch and when people come, they always go, Oh, that's cool. You got your son in the business. And, um, you know, it was, it was the other way around, but it was actually side note. It was neat. Cause I used to work for him in his own business when I was in high school. And so now we get to work together, which is really cool.
1: I had the opposite experience. My dad owned a landscaping business was when I was in high school and he's the only person to ever fired me. Cause I realized landscaping wasn't for me. So.
3: <laughs> well, my dad did construction and I don't know that construction was for me. I'm not, uh, not great with that kind of work, but uh, but it was it was still fun to work with them.
1: Absolutely, Caleb. Thanks so much
3: for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike.
1: You can see the full list of honorees in the latest issue of NMP Magazine, available now at nmpmag.com. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines.
0: This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next-generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
1: Here's your headlines for today, December 1st. Wisconsin-based Atlanta is closing and will be laying off 62 employees as a result. The company's president filed a letter with Wisconsin's Labor Department saying the company plans to wind down all operations by April, but the final timeline will depend on the company finding a third party to buy its assets. In other news, an Ohio couple is accusing Mr. Cooper Group of wrongly denying their request for loss mitigation. In a federal lawsuit filed in Ohio, the company claims NationStar, which rebranded as Mr. Cooper in 2017, violated special loss mitigation protections put in place during COVID. They claim Mr. Cooper Group was using eligibility requirements that did not exist under federal COVID protections for homeowners. When we reached out to Mr. Cooper Group, the company says it does not comment on pending litigation. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Wolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by SkyGaze. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.